Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And in this episode, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is a law. Love under, Love under will. will. You're not supposed to say it with We all me. say it. We all say it. Not the, not the caller. I, that's what I wilt. That's, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> We investigated the OTO. OTO, which stands for Ordo Templi Orientis. Ordo Templi Orientis, yes. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yes, that's what it stands for. Now, yeah. what that means. They Order don't... of the Eastern Temple. Yeah, something like that. And it's this dark, mysterious church that descends from early Masonic origins, but right. was really formed by Alistair... Alistair Crowley. Crowley, yeah, exactly. And people might know of Alistair Crowley as sort of a famous Satanist. Occultist, yeah. black magic practitioner Character. who collected a lot of different spiritual traditions and kind of formed all these new rituals. And so the OTO is a collection place for all of the, his writings. And a collection place for people who are between 18 and 25 and have a lot of facial piercings. Yeah, and right. And are still finding their way in life. <laughs> that's right. Exploring things. Absolutely. Yes. And that's fine. That mm-hmm. is fine. That is fine. It's fine. That's fine. It's fine. So how did we find out about this guy? Well, I'm really glad you asked because this is my favorite way I've found out about any single investigation. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I was reading a book about Scientology, Inside Scientology by Janet Reitman. Oh, I read that book actually it's fantastic that's not the point ross it's a good book fine but that's not the point okay i was reading about how alistair crowley was friends with l, uh, ron, l. Hubbard. ron hubbard that's who right. founded and J- scientology and jack parsons yeah right like, uh, they roomed for a while you're like pointing at pasadena yeah i am yes and our, <laughs> our listeners can see me pointing vaguely northeastish because that's where alistair crowley and yeah, because and Jack, Jack Parsons, Jack Parsons was one of the founders of JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, right up in uh, La Cunada. Uh, and yeah, was also a committed Satanist and occultist. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so these bros were all bro friends, right? And um, hanging out. So I was reading about how L. Ron Hubbard had been briefly associated with this group OTO as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what is that? I wonder if that has anything to do with like them reaching OT levels. Operating Thetans. I think it's just a coincidence, but who knows? Who knows? I'll just leave that out there. Okay, continue. So I uh, I was reading just these couple of sentences about the OTO, and I was like, oh, that's wild. That sounds great. And then it mentioned that there was still a branch of it, and in fact, the head branch was still in Los Angeles. Mm. I was like, oh, great. I'm going to look up and see where that is. So I look it up. Guess where it is, Ross? Right in your hometown. It is like minutes from where I grew up, (laughs) where I would have been terrified, just petrified to know that there was this group there performing quasi-satanic rituals, getting nude, which we'll get into. Yeah. Oh, man. I told a coworker about this, and she said, La Cañada, where? And I like told her the street. She's like, I take that exit every day. I might have to move. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, this is seriously 
dare I say it, the wet dream of every like Christian minister we've oh, ever yeah. known. They they want to think that out there some dark Satanists or dark occultists are performing these seedy rituals in black robes and right. red robes. And someone's and, getting nude for no reason. Yeah, and it, this is so just like everything I'd ever been warned about in a Jack Chick track. Oh, yeah, no, it makes me think <laughs> of... um. Adventures in Odyssey, which were these audio plays that Focus on the Family put out when yes. I was a kid. <laughs> and like someone would be reading Harry Potter and suddenly like the book would disappear in a puff of smoke and Jesus or Satan would be in front of them. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was every, exactly like everything that. Everything we'd been warned about it came to life with the OTO group, yeah. which is pretty awesome. So I went there the first time without you. Yeah. I went with my boyfriend who we are going to call Milo. Okay. That's what my boyfriend has to be called. Milo, so sure. Milo. So we went and actually it was crazy because Milo had apparently joined the OTO when he was like 19. Just I keep learning new things about him in his past. Yeah, well, I guess he learned about it and he just thought it was uh, kind of hokey and cool. So he sent away for his membership, but I don't think he ever went to any meetings. Like you do. I sense a kindred spirit here. Oh, yes. Oh, he hadn't actually gone to any meetings. I don't though. think so. Okay. So he was really excited to go and you were out of town or something. Yeah. So he and I went and formed some friendships, got to talk to a few interesting people. But I won't go through all the, uh, the things details, we saw yeah. because then I went with you soon after. I should mention that we used pseudonyms this yes. time. Yeah, and, and you'd gone once without me, and right. you used a pseudonym. I used my real first name, but a different last name. Right. And then I had actually gone once then by myself without you, and I'd used a fake name and set up an email address for it and everything. Mm-hmm. You didn't want them to have your real I just thought though. they'd be more likely to Google us, and then quickly our experiment would be over. Which we'd never done before. We've always used our real names on pretty much everything. Yeah, I think everything. Turns out I'm really bad at using a fake name. I'm so yeah. used to being me. <laughs> you you decided that your fake name was Rob. So, I know, but very I think similar. everyone pretty much thinks your name is Robs. Robs. Or, or Rosp. Rosp. Oh, come on. Most people think my name is Rob. I just messed up once. Well, Rosp. <laughs> Robs. <laughs> so you went once without me. And was that also to Gnostic Mass? Yes. So Gnostic Mass happens on Sundays mm-hmm. at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. goes on for quite a while. Actually, it doesn't really get started. It's supposed to start at 3, but it, you sit around and talk for a while. Yeah, yeah. So it's in La Crescenta, <laughs> not too far from L.A., for those who don't know the area. And it's in this little shopping center that has a little tutoring place and, I don't know, some other kind of oh, yeah, storefronts. It's, it's right next door to a baby store. <laughs> okay, baby store. <laughs> baby products. Yeah, so you see like these little storefronts. And then there's this one door marked with the address, but it also has an one half. Right. So you enter in this door and there's this long hallway that extends back and then you see stairs going down. It's Mm -hmm. already kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. When Milo and I went, we pulled up and he was like, oh, he must have gotten the directions wrong. Like, it's not here. Uh And then I I was looking at all the doors and I was like, do you think it's that one creepy door? Uh And then we woke up and it was. (laughs) It is the creepy door. Totally. And yeah, and then there's these steep stairs that go down. And you see at the bottom, there's just a little sign-in sheet and a little picture of their logo. Mm-hmm. And then there's doors to the right and left, which they always keep closed. Right. So it's, a, it's immediately like a riddle where you go right or left because there's no signs. Or- and when I first showed up, there were already people socializing on the left-hand side. And someone was like there and saw me and welcomed ah. me in. So no question there. So to your left is a library. Mm-hmm. 
And a library and sort of social sitting room. Yeah. So they've got as many bookshelves as you would see in someone's house, mm-hmm. essentially. But, you know, chock full of books on the occult, on Kabbalah, astrology, astral projection. But there's also like the Quran and the Bible. And- yeah. Anything even vaguely related to uh, spiritual pursuits mm-hmm. is there. So it's a pretty cool library. Every time I go there, I immediately start flipping around through some of the books and find sure. interesting stuff. And so they'll be there on the couch and socializing, talking to each other. And then there's a little partition that goes off in the next area, which I think they use to prepare for the Oh, right. For and the I Gnostic think that's mass. where all their computers and papers mm. and things are. Well, like their office. You'll be in there reading and you'll hear them doing like a little pre-chant in that next area behind the curtain. And then there's a little exit out the other side where people go out to smoke or whatever it may be. So, yeah, we spend most of our time there in that little pre-meeting area reading books and talking to other people. And there's usually, I'd say, about a dozen people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time I went, there were only six of us. Oh, wow. Very, yeah. very small. Yeah, I, I think every time I've gone, it's been about 12 to 16, somewhere in there. Okay. So it was pretty well attended. And uh, these are your average Joes, uh, except... You give me this look. Well, there's nothing average about these. No, no. I mean, some of them are average Joes, but I think most people would describe them as like goth kid characters. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think there's this just love of the symbology and the dark nature of this all that draws a certain kind of crowd. Mm -hmm. But I I mean, average Joes in the sense of I think, you know, the Christians in said wet dream would want these to be like influential people who are pulling strings and and making the world a worse place that right. Christians need to fight against. But no, these are just people who want this sense of community mm-hmm. where they can be weird and quirky and like dark things. Mm-hmm. It's no one of any particular power or significance there. Well, that we know of. That yeah. we know of. I didn't quiz them all on their backgrounds. I did. Hmm. And uh, average Joes. <laughs> <laughs> the third trip there was you and I going together. Right. It was another mass, but it was also a baptism of new members. But we weren't quite ready to get baptized. Right. So we'd both been to one before and we knew the ritual a little bit. But this time, yeah, there was the added step of the baptism. And there was one guy, his first visit was my first visit. It's this really tall guy. I'll call him Melton. He has this very deep voice. voice. I'm used to having a deep voice. Actually, it doesn't sound anything like this, though. No. No, it just doesn't sound like Eeyore. I I think it sounded more like this. Yeah. Yeah. You're better at it because you're a boy. Right. And uh, very tall guy. Good looking guy. Uh, but mm. well, I th- I think he's good looking. All right, well you right. can have him. Thanks, dibs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, he immediately wanted to get involved in this, and I want to be baptized, and they let him. Yep. But we were really surprised too because you need to have two sponsors, mm-hmm. and, and they're like in the ceremony. The sponsors like basically swear <laughs> that they're responsible for your livelihood for the rest of your life. It's like the old belief that if you save someone's life, then you're responsible for it forever. Like <laughs> right. that's what these people are signing up A for. A Wookiee life debt. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. Star Wars. Star Wars. Jeez. I love it. I love Star Wars. I love it. Uh-huh. There's yeah, people on a dust star or uh-huh. something uh-huh. going to Don't even thing. try. Don't even try. trying to get the ring into the go. hands of the right people. It's fine. It's fine. Just let it go. No, there's no ring. There's no ring. <laughs> so yeah they're pledging their eternal fealty for this person and they just met him this last time right like sometimes they're like he could be using a fake name for all they know the deacon will be like who is responsible for this man for the rest of eternity and they'll all look around and be like oh uh me (laughs) yeah right And you forswear to constantly be protecting and watching his development. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Right, right. What's your last name? And then they all take these adorable fake names. Oh, yes. They get to choose the name under which they're being baptized. What kind of names are they coming up with? I met a guy today whose baptism name was Dichotomous. 
Dichotomous. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe yeah. I could ask him about the local tree varieties. Like a dichotomous guide. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I just thought he took the word dichotomy and added us. Oh, okay. Hilarious. So, yeah, they come up with little names from ancient uh, magical sources or something like that. Except for this one adorable little old man who's there all the time, Tim. And Mm -hmm. he just said his full name. He said, like, Timothy Andrew Adams III. (laughs) You're right. Everybody else had something (laughs) like... It's like, I'll be Satan. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Lucifer or something like that. Uh, I, I kept being tempted to call this group Satanists because... Right. It just felt like what I'd always thought of as Satanism. And the Aleister Crowley connection, too. Right. Yeah. And I guess... And they do have something called the Rite of Lucifer, where they celebrate Lucifer. And they consider Lucifer to be a being of light. Right. Which is very true to the original. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Meaning of the word. But I don't think they would go by the name Satanist. They would be occultists and... Yeah, they they expressly don't. On their website, under the FAQs, it says, are you Satanist? And they're like, no, we are not. And you can tell they're just exasperated. Oh, yeah. Tired (laughs) of... No, we're fucking... Jesus, we just think that Satan is the coolest. Can't we wear black and gather in a dark area? And talk to Satan and think he's rad and and not be Satanist? (laughs) Quit prejudging us. (laughs) Another one of their FAQs is whether they have sex during their ceremonies. And they're like, no, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Where would you come up with something? (laughs) But as we'll tell you, it's not outside the realm of possibility that they would do such a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So after the baptism ceremony, we went right into the Gnostic Mass, which is just like the previous two we'd gone to. And Ross, what happens at the Gnostic Mass? Okay, so the official title of this Mass is the Liber 15, and it's the Ecclesia Gnostica Catholica. So they give you like this little handout that you can kind of follow along. But it's very heavy in ritual. That's Mm -hmm. what this all is. And they warn you beforehand. So we haven't mentioned at the bottom of the stairs, there's also a door to the right. Mm -hmm. Well, we did mention that. And through that door, there's a little uh, fellowship hall type area. It's another room. It's a little bit larger than any of the other rooms. And they've got a table there and they'll lay out various things. And there's like a little statue of Baphomet, the goat-headed god. Mm -hmm. And then there's various other implements around the room. Oh, including a gift shop. Yes. Oh, that's right. And in fact, Ross, I have a gift for you from the gift shop that I'm going to give to you (gasps) on the air. Whoa. A cup. It's a cup. It says, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love under will. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. It was $5. And we've got a little Egyptian deity. I was going to save it for your birthday, but I can't wait. All right. Early birthday gift. Why, thank you. That's very nice. You're welcome. And Carrie bought herself a nice little plaque, the symbol of the OTO. Yeah, they call it something, but I didn't catch what it was. It's a fancy name. There's an actual name for it. Okay. So, you know, you start out in that area and there's a little rack to leave your shoes. Mm -hmm. There's a little bowl to leave donations. They recommend $10 per person per visit. And uh, once you take off your shoes, they get you in a circle to just kind of let anybody who's new know the procedures. So there's a few like body motions, hand motions, gestures that you need to be aware of. Let's see. One of them is to draw your hand, your right hand across your throat, kind of in a cutting motion. So so that our listeners can play along. Yes. You hold up your hand as if, what is this? Let's see. It's the right hand on the heart, the left hand up. As if you're, but what is this? The Pledge of Allegiance? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your hand is up and parallel to your body and flat. This is a different one than I was first mentioning. But yes, okay. So your right hand is uh, in the middle of your chest and then your left hand is up at a right angle. Right. With your palm facing forward. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's one of them. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one where your left hand is down 
and then your right hand uh, starts out by your left shoulder, and then it draws across your... your thumb touching your left shoulder. Right, and it draws with your hand flat across your neck as if you are cutting your neck, and then you turn your hand and Mm -hmm. bring it down. Again, that flat blade of your hand Uh down. That's it That's it for that one. Yeah. Okay, and then there's another one. (laughs) This one's the best. (laughs) Where you you put your left foot in, and you put your right foot... (laughs) Next to your left foot. You don't like, put your left foot in. What? It was the hokey pokey. Yeah, but now they're they trying even, to play along. They even made a joke about the hokey pokey today. Okay, so you, you have your left foot down underneath you where it should right. be. Your standing. left foot's normal, neutral. Okay, and then your right foot then is perpendicular to your left foot, but with, with the, the heel. The heel in the crook of the other foot, which is a pose in ballet. I want to say it's position three. Okay, it's but, not a pose of great balance. It would be easy to fall over. What? You're doing it wrong. Am I? Maybe. I don't know. You're forming a little right angle with your feet. It just seems yeah, very I, unsecure. I think you're very stable in that. You really? Okay. Yeah, All extra right. stable, I'd right. say. Fine. Fine. All know. right. Anyway. And then... Carrie, stand up and do it. I'm going to see if I can okay. knock you over. What? <laughs> you ready? And... <laughs> okay, never mind. She... <laughs> you were wearing a power balance bracelet, weren't you? <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> and then... You cover your crotch. That's right. So, <laughs> you so, cover your genitals. So you do the little yeah. like butterfly thing where you lock your thumbs in together. Right. And, and then, then you push those wings together so that you're, the tips of your pointer fingers are touching. Yeah. And so your two hands are forming these this kind of flat blade. Put and that right on top of your gajongas. Right. So now the butterfly is facing upside down and you put it right over your genitals. Right. And, obviously. And you still have your feet in that position. So now you can step forward with your left foot. and then Left, you're, right, left, right, left, right. Shuffle forward, shuffle forward, right, shuffle forward. Right. And then your right comes back and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So then your next you're like goal a, is. You're a duck protecting her crotch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. And your goal is to not get away laugh, from or get away laugh. from the rapey ducks because male ducks procreate <laughs> by rape. <laughs> That's true. Really? Yeah. With their barbed. Um, yeah, their corkscrew penises. Corkscrew penises. Okay. Yeah. Hey, not bi- all ducks, but a lot of ducks. biology lesson here. Okay. <laughs> when you've been uh, debriefed on all of this, then we move past this black curtain into the actual uh, temple mm-hmm. area, the al- sanctuary, you know, sanctuary, you yes, where the altar is. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a long rectilinear box of a room. Yeah, rectilinear, definitely. Mm-hmm. Rectilinear. Yeah. 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 You got it. Yep. Glad we established Perfect. that. So uh, the orientation. I didn't know that was a word. Oh, well, welcome rectilinear? to. Rectilinear? Rectilinear. I mean, it sounds. Yeah. Rectal. You're, rectilinear. You're hung up on that. It sounds like someone is. Putting their butt up to your ear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it does. Well, I can't help it. I didn't come. I didn't come up with it. Rectal I didn't in make ear. It. It's spelled rectal in ear. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yes. Well. Uh. <laughs> Thanks for reading that word for all of our math lovers out there. So uh, once you enter in there, there's chairs against the wall, little folding chairs, Mm -hmm. and they've got the little OTO symbol on them. And I'm always worried every time that we're going to have too many people. I want to see what happens. Oh, that's why you were doing that today. When we run out of chairs. Why? I was counting everybody or why I was walking around? No, you were like, I'll sit here. No, I'll sit here. No, I'll sit here. No, I'm going to sit here. Move in here. No, I think I'll sit here. And I'm sitting down. Oh, you exaggerated that slightly. (laughs) I I didn't want to walk through the middle of all those things in the center, Uh but I wanted to sit on that far end thinking that we get to do communion early uh, but we ended up doing it like almost last sorry i'm sorry no it's fine if I go you. on all right so you sit in these chairs and yeah we always have just enough 
chairs to fit the people, but there's not much room. It's a small room, very intimate space. Mm-hmm. In more ways than one. And this is oriented by cardinal directions. So on the east, you have the altar. So there's mm-hmm. like a little stage, and it's got two steps that lead up to the third level, which is the flat altar area. And we are repeatedly reminded, do not walk up past that second step. Mm-hmm. And those are all decorated with black and white checkers. That reminds me mm-hmm. of a C's candy store. Uh-huh. Or a kitchen floor. And then there's an altar up top there uh, made out of wood, and it's got like, burning candles on it. like uh, 20. 20 candles. I counted them today. And then on the west side, there's this uh, booth. <laughs> it's this tall, like a photo booth, but mm-hmm. you know, with cloth hanging off of it. It's an integral part of my favorite part of the ceremony <laughs> that we'll get to. Right. <laughs> and when we come in, you know, it's closed. The chairs go around that, essentially. So they're along the south, most of the west side of the wall, and then the north. Then in the center, there's various tables yep. that have cloths on them, and they've got incense burning. A thing of holy water. Some might call it a bowl. Some might call it, right. <laughs> so once we're sitting down, then it begins, and we have a deacon mm-hmm. who seems to be kind of officiating the whole right. thing. Usually a woman. Yeah. Every time I've seen it, it's been a woman. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing a kind of a golden stole over her white robes. Right. And and some some corded belts. And then there are two children, right. as they're called, or the kids. But they're adults. They're adults, yes. And you confused me the first time you told me about this because right. you were just saying, oh, the children all get in the booth. And it's like, kid, there's kids involved? <laughs> and then I was telling people about that. Anyways, so uh, they are the positive and the negative children. I just learned that today mm. when I was talking to our friend Brickett, who was the negative child this time, meaning he wears the white robe with a black stole Mm -hmm. and then there's the positive child who wears the white robe and the white stole so that's most of our entourage there but we also have a priestess i've seen the priestess uh, in a number of different uh, garbs i've seen Mm -hmm. three priestesses in action now and each time they were dressed a little differently so but they're always kind of the fanciest in the room yeah that's right yeah they're the most decorated so they go up and have a little chatty poo did they have a chatty poo with the priest who comes out of a little phone booth all right, well, that's the least exciting way to introduce this. <laughs> well, they, they start by walking around those like little tables in the center. They do uh-huh. like this little figure eight. Uh-huh. And then they go and they open up the the booth, the little phone booth, mm-hmm. and out comes the priest. Right. And he's wearing a white robe. And he starts saying these things about how unworthy he is as a man to be doing this. And they put a red robe around his shoulders. And then they put a red scarf on his head. And it's got the little Egyptian serpent on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, then they hand him the staff. And when you say he's like, oh, I'm not enough of a man to be doing this. What you really mean is something along the lines of, how shall I, a man among men... (laughs) That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not like some guy just comes out and he's like, I don't know if I should be doing this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is, yes, all very dramatic, of course. Circle of stars, whereof our father is but the younger brother. Marvel beyond imagination. Soul of infinite space, before whom time is ashamed. The mind bewildered and the understanding dark. Not... Unto thee may we attain. Therefore, by seed and root and stem and bud and leaf and flower and fruit do we invoke thee. Then the priest answered, 
and sat unto the queen of space, kissing her lovely brows, the dew of her light, bathing his whole body in a sweet-smelling perfume of sweat. Oh, new weed, continuous one of heaven, let it be ever thus, that men speak not of thee as one, but as none, and let them speak not of thee at all, since thou art continuous. And so they hand him the staff, which is this very fat staff with a spear at the end mm-hmm. of it. And, and then they say, this shall represent your penis in a very obvious way. <laughs> they don't, but it, they it, it is implied. Yes. Yeah, you pick it up very quickly. So yeah, he holds it out in front of him, you know, right in front of him. As an erect penis, yes. Right, and the, the priestess kneels down in front of him and slowly strokes her hands up and down mm-hmm. the staff. It's a hand job. She gives it a hand job. Yeah, she does, and it's pretty erotic, depending on the priestess. Baseline erotic no matter who oh does absolutely it. very yeah. sexual very um, very much so and she kisses the staff 11 times mm-hmm. some more slowly and seductively than others yes some are like <laughs> and others are more like <laughs> right i feel dirty doing very this good. i'm feeling very dirty it's very good you could give a very good blowjob <laughs> thank you very good all right you're a very good boy all right you're a very good boy Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So then they, they do more walking around the little thing in the center. There's not much room in here. So right. when they're walking around these tables, they're almost brushing up against us. And, they're and I mean, chanting and walking stuff. around it. Yeah. Walking around in a very determined, methodical way. It's yeah. like, a, no, we will turn around the two tables each time. Right. The one this morning was our second visit together. And the priestess was just very perfunctory about all this. It was all just mm-hmm. very staccato and rapid. And here's my line. And uh, right. at least at the beginning, she mm-hmm. seemed to ease up a little later. So eventually, this results in the priest leading the priestess up onto the altar. And so they walk up to the top of that third step that mm-hmm. the, the rest of us, the mere mortals, are not supposed to, and place her sitting up on the altar. Uh, thank you. And then close the two curtains in front of her. Black curtains. All right. And so then she shut off for a while. But. You're missing one of my favorite parts about this. The priest is like, oh, now the priestess, she will. I don't remember what he actually says, but Uh the thrust of it is like, she will go behind the curtain. Oh, my God. And then she will come back. And then they like, this thing isn't automated. It's so lo-fi. So he's like, she will come back. And then he just does like reach up and pull the curtains closed. But they like stick as they go. Like your grandma's old curtains. And she's just sitting there waiting to disappear. Right. Click, 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 click. Done. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Go on. And I forgot to mention that a lot has been said at this point by the deacon who's really leading all of this. So yeah, they're just reading through all of this language that Aleister Crowley came up with. Right. You know, and every time I watch this, I'm like, if this isn't what it portends to be, if it's not some special way to talk to the divine, then this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's just like some guy who was like, Fingers crossed that a hundred <laughs> years after my death, they're still going to be doing this weird little thing I wrote down where they have to circle around these tables eight times. And so far, so good. And they feet forward. Yep. So far, it's so happening. good. And and I love that as she's reading these things, and I have the hardest time following along. I'll try to be yeah. like trying to imagine what these words mean, but I think some of them are genuine nonsense. Right. So she'll get to this point and then all of a sudden just shout out and our Lord. And then all of a sudden she'll go, <laughs> but no, it's all 
right. she, they always do that weird like they've we'll given go us up half a note we're gonna go down a third they've and they've given us this handout and here's how it's spelled in all caps a <laughs> a u m g n and they really pronounce every part of this and it, it sounds like people doing the om but they're doing ow <laughs> say it <laughs> and it's really hard to keep a straight face especially this morning when she just burst it out with so that happens quite often throughout so they do a little bit more of their stuff and then the priest again he's yelling to the woman on the inside and like shouting all these things the priestess and i, I liked our guy today he was the one i had at my first mass and he's he's just this tall, very friendly-looking hippie with this big uh-huh. shock of gray curly hair right. and a little bit of like a gray um, goatee. And he just really gets into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell he's, he's a really good performer. He is, yeah. And you can tell he's practiced this and he takes it very seriously. And he had this kind of very gracious handling of the priestess who was uh-huh. kind of clumsy uh-huh. and klutzy for the, the beginning of the ceremony. But yeah, then finally he opens up those the two curtains. The priestess shall come back. Clink, 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 clink. <laughs> and as he casts him aside, it reveals the priestess to be nude. Naked. A hundred percent nude. Girls, girls, girls. Naked on the altar. <laughs> and the first time I went, it was this a woman. You guessed it very well. I thought she was maybe in her late thirties. You thought maybe early forties. You know, attractive lady, but clearly she's had a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the first person I've seen in the flesh who I'm pretty positive had butt implants. And I think you're right. Yeah, she mm-hmm. probably has butt implants and she has breast implants. Mm-hmm. I'm very certain of that. And she probably has lip implants as well. Mm-hmm. And she's had a few nips and tucks. Uh, an attractive lady. A few nips. <laughs> uh, and it was quite attractive. And uh, I thought, wow, why aren't there more people here? You know, you'd expect <laughs> lots of guys to be coming and, and drooling all over the place. But successively, with all the other masses I've gone to, the women have been less traditionally attractive, uh, overweight. And, uh, you know, that's cool. Um, but uh, uh, you get every variety of body type. They don't just let up, you know, the hotties, if right, you will. Right, right. And so this time today, it was a very overweight lady. And ta-da, there she is. Yep. And, uh, you know, very bold and, and proud. And that's great. Right. And so immediately the priest presses his face between her breasts she's got a book that she's holding there a little book mm-hmm. he kind of rubs his nose in the book mm-hmm. and then he sort of rubs his she, ross is holding an imaginary book to his imaginary cleavage right now right and an imaginary priest is rubbing his nose in it right and then he's like placing his hands between her breasts right and, and then... then like cups her vulva <laughs> well he doesn't go down that far he's kind of like hovering it's... like on her lower abdomen I don't think so. I think he goes pretty far down there. Really? Oh, this one today, I was noticing that. Oh, I was really? like, oh my God, I think he touched her vulva. Oh, I didn't think his hand went down quite that far. Well, okay. Well, maybe. Maybe we should ask. There's benefits Excuse to being me. a priestess. Quick question. Yeah. <laughs> Do you touch the vulva? <laughs> you should ask it just like that. <laughs> he touches the boobs. He touches the vulva. He's like, you so pretty, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Mother of all the earth and all that stuff. And he hands her the staff. And so then she, you know, holds it. And she's like, oh. She begins to lovingly kiss it again. Right. And we all get aroused in the audience. (laughs) Right. Especially Carrie. And then she hands it back. Yes. To him. And then communion takes place. Yeah, there's a lot more words exchanged. But then we're called up to take communion. And so the children are standing on either side. And the light one is holding 
uh, the communion bread, if mm-hmm. you will, the little cakes. Which are called the cake of light. And then the one on the other side, the negative child, mm-hmm. has the wine. There's little cups filled right. with wine. And for people who don't want wine, they do have a couple cups of, what is it, water? Water. Okay. So then you, when it is your turn, you step up to the altar. Unfortunately, you don't have to shuffle up with one foot in the crook of the other oh, foot. Oh, thank goodness. I yeah. wish you did, honestly, but... Yeah, and you've already been doing all these little hand symbols and stuff. So, so yeah, you you get up there, and you're not supposed to walk past the second step. No, I think that's for the priestess's safety. So they have like an imaginary line where they know you're going after the naked lady. Oh right, yeah, because she's still up there, and you know, right. doing her naked thing. Yeah, you're supposed to be basically <clears throat> worshiping her. Yeah. And so you get up there. I kept trying to watch other people and trying to deconstruct what they were doing so I could do the same thing Mm -hmm. because they never give you any explicit instructions on how you're supposed to do this. So some people come up to the first step. Some come up to the second step. Some do some kind of little symbol of greeting to her. Some Mm -hmm. don't. Some Some give the cross above the wafer. Yeah. So like you're supposed to first reach out to the right and grab the cake of light. And yeah, some people will do a little cross with it. So I was trying to observe. Okay. So, oh, this guy's doing... Uh, you know, from the middle up and then down and then right and then left <laughs> and then back to the middle. So like, oh, I'll do that. And then somebody else like does it down and then like kind of diagonally up to the left and then to the right. Like, oh, I'll do that. And everybody's just doing it slightly differently. So I guess there's no set pattern to it. Right. But I'm sitting there. You're like, I want to get this right. So then they eat the cake. Mm-hmm. And okay, we should talk about this. So, <laughs> what's in the cake, Ross? What's in the cake of light? So Carrie told me after she'd gone to the first one, I looked this up online, Ross. And the cake is... Okay, okay. It wasn't I looked this up online. That makes me sound like I looked at like bobsoto.com. <laughs> All right, where'd you look this up? Online. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then I sourced. Okay, all right. So she, so she's told me, you, you're never going to believe this, the communion wafer is made with menstrual blood and human and sperm. Or, and or sperm. And or human sperm. Yeah. And like, oh, and I, gross. Okay, so when I looked this up and I was like, what that? Because all these different people were saying, yeah, at the, at the actual lodges, they always use ingredient X, which is some sort of human detritus. Mm-hmm. And so I told Milo, my boyfriend, this, uh-huh. and he was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, you let me eat someone's <laughs> sperm? And you didn't even mention, like, hey, babe. There's sperm in that. So I think it's important to note that <laughs> Carrie ate this not knowing that. Right. And, and Milo declined. <laughs> oh, he declined? Yes. The first time they, they let you pass if you want. But then after the, thereafter, you're supposed to join in and have the right. communion. And Milo was like, no, no, thanks. I'm so, cool. So let all the listeners note that I went into this having Carrie told me that I'm about to eat this thing that's baked with either human sperm or menstrual blood. Mm-hmm. And I ate it willingly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I would have, but I didn't. But turns out it's not actually sperm and or menstrual blood. In theirs. In theirs. This particular At this lodge. At the Star Sapphire Lodge. Yep. uh, They instead use, what did they use, Gary? You asked the priestess today. Yeah. So the priestess of each ceremony bakes the wafers, the cake of light for that ceremony. Mm -hmm. And so hers had like flour, some mayor oil of lemon, some salt, some herbs. It was all very ordinary. Mm -hmm. And then in place of quote unquote ingredient X, they use ash 
to represent human blood. Where do they get this ash? Ash. I know. Well, she told me, actually, first she bakes her own cake of light, um, the priestess, Mm -hmm. and then eats most of that and burns the remains, and then you use the ash from that one to put in the others. Yeah. You've never seen Carrie and I so disappointed that we are not eating (laughs) sperm or menstrual blood. We were both like, oh, man. What a letdown. Because also they had been baked anyway, so we knew there was no real health concern. Right, right. And and this time it was a different type of it was more of like a, a shortbread kind of thing that uh, she had baked. Oh no, that one was exactly the same as the one I had had before. But okay, yeah. we got different ones. I guess mine looked different than yours because mine was kind of like a brownish green, still kind of a chewy cake sort of thing, small mm. round thing. And when I, I think ate you it, ate a gallbladder, maybe <laughs> it was very bitter. It was gross. And so then you're eating this very dry thing while you're looking at the priestess. And then you're supposed to chase it down with this wine. And the first time I had a really hard time, like, you know, I'm still trying to chew on this, but I don't want to take forever lingering in front of the priestess. So I take the draught of wine, but I've still got a bunch of this stuff in my mouth. Right. And then I turn around. This is the next part. You're supposed to say. Wait, well, you put your left hand on your right shoulder. You and put then your you... left hand up. You put. And your... then your right hand over that. You and put to your, your right left hand shoulder. over that. Yes. And you say... You turn around. No, you don't have to. You can say apparently, it to the priestess. They, no. they told me to turn around. That, they told me specifically. The lodge master oh. told me specifically that you could either look at the congregation or look at the priestess. Okay, the first time everybody turned around. And then today one person turned around and then everybody else stayed facing the priestess. And I was really confused until one longtime guy turned around and I was like, okay, I'm going back to turned around. Mm. All right. Anyway. But, but the first time I tried this, I said the line slightly wrong. What I said was... There is no part of me which is not of the gods. Oh, that's so wrong. But you're supposed to say... There is no part of me that is not of the gods. I know. I was really <laughs> embarrassed. But afterwards, people are like, oh, you look so confident. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks. You know, no one corrected me. I'd seen them correcting Milton because he kept saying things wrong or like doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Like uh-huh. he made the little sign of Osiris, uh, that, that one where you that we just mentioned where you cross your arms over while the deacon was doing it during the service. And they're like, you're not supposed to do that as a lay member or whatever it was. Uh, so I was letting him make the mistakes but up to that point. I said mm. the wrong word, but no one, no one called me on it. Sure. And I got it right. It today. would be weird if they did. But anyway, you went yeah. back. Yeah, I went back. And so then you sit back in your chair and then you do a lot more uh, ceremony stuff. One additional important pose that we had to do during all of this was to get down on our knees with our feet out straight behind us. And then you kind of sit up straight and you put your hands together. You clasp them together like you're praying, but above mm-hmm. your head. And this is the flame pose. So you right. look like a flame. So imagine me as like a little teapot, but I'm a little flame instead. Or imagine like someone who's maybe being held up at a 7-Eleven begging for their life. Okay. Yeah, that's another that's also the same good pose. way. And so, yeah, you have from your knees up, your whole body is just pointing upward. And it's very exhausting. Like, yeah, at least for me, tiring, yeah. I don't know if, if you've done yoga, I'm sure it's no problem, but... <laughs> which I do. All right. So I don't know. It's about six minutes. We're holding that pose. However long it is. It's, I'm, yeah, it's still the point where long. I'm getting like tired of it uh-huh. and I'm starting to try to play mental games to not be tired of it. Cause I don't want to be the first person I've like put their hands their down. Their little trick is uh, picture yourself being a flame and it's much easier. Oh, that's what they say. I should try that. Yeah. All right. Uh, By this point, then we've had our communion and they close the two shower curtains back up and she puts her clothes back on. Yep. Then my favorite part. Oh, yes. Then the priest, the two children and the The deacon, deacon, all four full grown adults (laughs) 
go <laughs> to the back, back of the room mm-hmm. and get back in the tiny telephone booth from whence <laughs> the priest appeared, which is big enough for one person. And was there barely. any reason? Was there any reason why you looked at me today as they were doing that? Because it's my favorite part. Did you want me to laugh? Yeah, kind of. Well, okay. I wanted you to share the comedy of the moment because they squeeze in there like a little clown car. I had to look up to my left, biting my lip, and then the guy <laughs> next to me kind of looked over like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Yeah, they squeezed the hell in there because Alistair Crowley told them to. So they they go back into the little box and you're like, what? How'd they all fit it? What? (laughs) And then they just, they're like, okay, that's it. Then they spill out. Yeah, they they close it and they leave it closed for all of like five seconds. And then they open it back up and they spill out again. Yeah, and then they're like, well, let's go eat. Now today there was a young man there. there. I mean, there was a bigger crowd today, maybe 15 people. Yeah. And there was a younger man there who was there for the first time who was like muttering, muttering through the entire ceremony and the deacon kept giving him this nasty look. Yeah, like we'd all be talking and saying like there's different call and response things where you read stuff in unison and I would hear him kind of mumbling something slightly different if if stairs could kill. You know, she would shoot him this, you better shut the fuck up. And then I went through this long string of possibilities of like, okay, well, what if this guy has Tourette's? And we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, this poor kid can't help it. And she shouldn't be giving him a bad look when she doesn't know yet. I was immediately assuming that he was on some sort of substance. Right. And he's tripping or something. Yeah. And he had like the distinct look to me of uh, someone that you see on the news having just shot a bunch of people so i was like okay no he's gonna turn out to be like this christian kid who came here to kill everybody and i'm gonna have to shout out i'm a reporter for my life that did not cross my mind and then yeah and then i thought like oh maybe he's just uh smoked a lot of pot yeah and they pulled him aside after the service and had a little talking to him yeah that's the dangers. Did you see that? Did you see them do that? Well, I saw them, you know, ask him to leave the room so they could uh, go talk to him. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so afterward, once this is all done, then you step out of that little area back into the little fellowship hall type area and they close the curtain again to the sanctuary. And uh, they pass out wine. We got Martinelli's today. Yeah, we did. I'm a big fan of the Martinelli's. Me too. I hate to say it, but I like it better than a hot drink. Oh, that's stupid. I love me some Martinelli's. Oh, well, that's just, it doesn't even merit a response, Ross. This is subjective. I'm allowed my opinion. I can do what I wilt. See how I'm not giving you a response? I see that. I see it, it carries. merit a response. Carries looking up and the opposite direction for me. There we go. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of do as thou wilt is the whole of the law. Yeah. So that's the law of Philema. Philema, yes. Which is an invention of Alistair Crowley. Is T-H-E-L-E-M-A. It yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Philema um, has one rule. Well, it's really two rules. Well, it's really three rules. <laughs> <laughs> but they always say it's one rule. <laughs> Do as thou wilt is the whole of the law. That's the only only rule. But then they'll quickly tell you, well, love is the law. Love under will. The last time we went, they seriously made us do that call and response. I'd say about 12 times yeah, throughout the day. They're big on it. Yeah. Someone, you know, wearing a robe walks into your room and all of a sudden they're like, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And everybody it's like a pop quiz. Everybody else turns around like, love, love is the, the law. law. Love, love under will. will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's pretty much it. Yep. So, all right, so Carrie tried to get to the bottom of this because you went to an extra Yeah, session. I went to a fraternity meeting, which was just like a talk that the Master of the Lodge had decided to give on fraternity because okay. the OTO is a fraternal order. And she said, we should talk about what that means, which that seemed reasonable to me. Yeah. 
But there were only four of us there. So there was me, oh. the lodge master, uh-huh. and a couple, a male, a male female couple. And, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. There were five people. There was also Tim was there. Oh, so okay. there were five of us. He was a bit late. Yeah, so the talk was not planned in any way. We all just sat down in the library and Susie, the head of the lodge, yeah. she sat down and was just like, so what does fraternity mean? And Susie, bless her heart, has like that very, I don't know, that rote personality of a person who has been running a small group for a long time. Yeah, okay, that's like, a good description. Yeah, just like she is set in that group. She's set in that position. She knows her shit. Right. She ain't taking any BS, but she's open. She's open. But there's some things you'll learn after you've done this long enough. Right. So she sat down and she sort of like started rambling about fraternity. And it was interesting because the only point I felt like she was trying to make was that in a family, you you also need to be nice to each other. <laughs> like if you okay. disagree with your brother, you might get mad, but you also say like, you're my brother and I love you. And, um, you know, you continue to respect each other. And that's something you should do because they're literally your blood family. That's not what we are here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, if you're mad at somebody, you can be like, this is why I'm right and you're wrong. And then- <laughs> And then she said, but you should be able to, like, go out for drinks afterward, maybe. But, like, you know, just have at it. And you don't owe them any softness. You don't owe them any kindness. You just say what you want. Do what thou wilt. Yeah. So I raised my hand and I was like, okay, what if softness is just part of your nature? And she's like, that's fine. That's fine. If you're really nice and people who are really nice, they're usually the strongest people you know. So it's not a sign of weakness, which felt like protesting too much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's not a sign of weakness. But, you know, I mean, you seem very nice. If you want to be nice, that's fine. <laughs> but if someone else comes up to you and they're like, blah, 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 I'm right, you're wrong. Well, then that's just how it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then the other thing that I, I asked her about was if do as thou wilt as the whole of the law is like your only rule, then how do you deal with people who are really screwing it up for everybody else? Right, right. Because it sounds great. Oh, yeah. Everybody just gets to choose their own free will and do what they want. But right. then, yeah, what about the jerks? Right. So I was talking about this in the context of the group, not like larger society, which they deal with on their website. There's an FAQ for, well, what if what someone wills is to murder somebody? Right. We didn't get into that, but we were talking about it in the context of the group. And I said, well, what about when someone's just got bad will? Like, I was in a situation last year where I worked for someone who I really thought had ill will and I had to leave. And yeah, yeah, like, I really didn't want to go for months. I was like, no, 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 there must be another explanation. But finally, I accepted it and I left. And she was, she said... (laughs) Yeah, no, sounds like you did the right thing. Sometimes there are people you just got to kick out. Okay. And I said, okay. Well, aren't they doing what they're supposed to (laughs) do? Are they doing what they will? You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they basically just fall back to the same set of practices anybody would. Right, right. It's like they say that, but they don't really mean it. Right, yeah. She said that there was a guy it's totally impractical. Right. She said there was a guy who was at the group for a very short time who just wanted her to change a whole bunch of things about how OTO was run. Mm -hmm. And there are good reasons that their nonprofit has the systems in place that they do. And so she was saying, no. 
But then every time he came, that's all he wanted to talk about to the mm. point that it was disruptive. And she's like, so I just kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. Go do what thou wilt somewhere else. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I mean, I guess you could justify that by saying, we did let him do what he wanted. We did what we wanted. And, right. you know, but then it just becomes, well, then the whole world is everyone doing what they will. So you yeah. don't have anything unusual going on here. Then. Yeah. At some point you got to make concessions and that's life. And that's the hard work of morality. Right. Well, it sounds like this uh, libertarian, again, wet dream. Yeah, uh, it really did. I kept thinking of libertarians. Yeah. Do what thou wilt. Yeah. Right. That's, that's great in a world where everyone's really responsible. And, right. Uh, takes care of and that, themselves and that's not to say that every libertarian is exactly like this group or anything right but, uh yeah but it did some have of that my best friends sure. are libertarians sure some of my best <laughs> friends are otoans no that's not that's true that's not true liar wait but my boyfriend is nominally he is nominally yeah <laughs> i don't know how to use his voice but he is <laughs> okay okay well ross <clears throat> yes gary is this the weirdest thing you've ever been to? <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> this is a good conversation fodder for sure to say yeah. you've been to an OTO meeting. Yeah, and I have to say, I like dressing up for this. Every time I try to dress as black as I can, like yeah. I'll wear like a black shirt. And so yeah, today I even, well, my wife reminded me that I have a pentacle uh-huh. that I bought at a little occult shop in Santa Cruz. So I wore that with my black shirt and black pants and black shoes. Now, if I and, were listening oh, to this. Oh, 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 and my goatee. So I had oh, right. You my, have to go tea right now. My facial hair had grown long at uh, Camp Quest, where I was all week uh, mm-hmm. being a counselor. And so when I shaved it down, I left the goatee. And I never wear a goatee anymore because I realized I look like a jerk in a goatee. Yeah, you look like a jerk. All right. Thanks. Just kidding. <laughs> and so uh, so I left that and I was like, oh, I'm going to go with the goatee in the dark, dark everything. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed fun. And when people see the pictures for this episode, they'll see you with your goatee. Oh, yes. Yes. Which I'm going to shave off tonight. But today, you today. have it. Yes. So, yeah, that's pretty much all there is to this Gnostic Mass that they have every Sunday. And then afterwards, you stand around and you all are given glasses and the wine or Martinelli's, whatever it is you choose. And then we have various toasts you know, to all the players in the ceremony. And then they have snacks for you and you just hang out for a while and talk. And you could stay there for a very long time because mm-hmm. they'll be lingering around there. It's their, you know, their little social group. Mm-hmm. That's great. If I were listening to this show right now, Mm -hmm. I would be Googling OTO. And if I were Googling OTO, I would be like, what the hell, Ross and Carrie? All I see is stuff about them being a crazy sex cult, and you have not said one thing about intercourse. Mm -hmm. What's going on there, Ross? Um, They don't have sex at the mass. They don't have sex at the mass. But But. there are tons of reports of them having sex at special meetings. So my commitment to you, dear listener, is to try to get to the bottom of the sex situation by part two of this episode. Mm -hmm. This is part one of a series of two. Because we're going to keep going. We've got another class this next weekend. And we'll keep going and we'll probably probably take it up a level. And we've just given up our game to tens of thousands of people so look please don't call yeah don't go spreading this around <laughs> to your oto friends like hey guess what all right right this but is if our they little do, secret if they ask we'll say it was our wilt which it was to wilt to wilt to have us to cut to come to we, we wilted come here <laughs> that didn't make any sense gary but neither does most of the uh the mass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, you know, they even said to me at the fraternity meeting that they don't turn away people just because they have ill will. So, like, you oh. can, yeah, you can have bad intentions and as long as you're getting along, it's fine. Hey. So, and I don't even think we have bad intentions. No. So, it should be fine. Uh, you know, I think, we'll they're ni- I think they're nice people. I've enjoyed talking to them. All right. So, 
keep that to yourselves. And then we'll give you the follow-up a few months down the line. Sounds good to me. Me, the listener. We should recognize our donors yeah. at this point. Yeah. Who has donated to the show after our desperate plea last time? <laughs> well, uh, some of you stepped up to the plate and donated for my birthday, which is the most important thing. So thank you very much. So quick shout outs to Nathaniel Wallace from Raleigh, North Carolina. Jorgen Bachman from Norway. Martin Dempsey from Surrey, UK. Martin. <laughs> we love you, Martin. Carolyn McNeil from Anchorage, Alaska. Timothy Condon from Denver, Colorado. Todd Sare from Perry, Georgia. Brian Bush from Dallas, Texas. Sarah Glasscock from San Bruno, California. Ben Seepser from Hermosa Beach, California. Yay, Ben. Thanks for showing me SpaceX. Hidetomo Katsura from Santa Clara, California. Gail Knapp from Las Vegas, Nevada. Morden O'Hare from South Yanderup, Western Australia. Russell Tanton from Springfield, Illinois. Gregor Jaskowitz from the United Kingdom. Bjorn Munster from Germany. Carrie Smith from Indian Springs, Alabama. Mark Leach from the United Kingdom. Andreas Peterson from Sweden. Jamie Bernstein from Chicago, Illinois. Trifton Chamil from Silver Spring, Maryland. Armel Patanian from Valley Glen, California. Thomas Wicks from Long Beach, California. Hey, Thomas. I'm Stephanie Taylor from Las Vegas, Nevada. Thank you, Stephanie. James Pichowski from the United Kingdom. Haina Dadaboy from Yorba Linda, California. Bob Lalande from Canada. Cheryl Johnson from Altadena, California. Clayton Waldron from Portland, Oregon. Ramona Voss Browning at Canada. Kent Coco from Roseville, Maine. Stephen Harvey from Australia. Uh, Timothy Hensman at Canada. Nathaniel Miller from Portsmouth, Virginia. John Ulrich from Centennial, Colorado. Hey, John. Quack Win in Grand Prairie, Texas. Simon Gibson from the United Kingdom. Rob Dawson from the United Kingdom. And David Diskin from Camp Quest West, a secular alternative for free-thinking parents, which I am personally involved with. Hey, David. And... Olav Levendal in Sweden. Thank you, Olav. Yes, thank you all so much for your birthday wishes as well. Seriously, if everyone who listens to the show just gave us $1 every month, we could do so much with the show that we're not able to do right now. So please, even if you feel like it's too little to give, we would love your support. And now we do have a monthly donation option. You can go to onopodcast.com slash donate and choose a monthly amount to donate. We'd greatly appreciate it. Okay. So, Carrie... It's time we rate OTO on our scales. So thus far in our investigation, what would you give the OTO on a pseudoscience rating where uh, one is something incredibly scientific? It's well supported by evidence. Mm-hmm. Independent uh, lines of research have all converged like to support Ray it. Like Ray finds is attractive. Right. Something okay. like totally unquestionable. Uh, like uh, evolution. That's okay. I mean, like that, <laughs> that's so obviously true. Ross. Right, right, like, right. No one even well, that's thinks the that's idea. not true. And then 10 is something absolutely untrue. Okay. Like all the food you eat is cooked with goat sperm. Oh, I would never let that happen. You wouldn't eat no. something that you knew had sperm in it? Well, not goat sperm, because then I know it was taken involuntarily, because the goat can't give consent. Okay. So, no. <laughs> but that's a 10. That's right? a 10, okay. So what would you give this? Uh, two. Okay. I can't think of any very pseudoscientific claims, mostly because they don't really make claims. They just yes. do this one ceremony so far anyway. 
I will say though that the members at least are very interested in magic, and there was uh, right. there was a scrying class that I wanted to go to and wasn't able to. Ooh, that could you, bring up the scale, there. right? Where you look into a mirror and see the future or something. So yeah, um, this might go up as uh, this investigation progresses, but so far, one point, whatever okay. I said. In the the liturgy of this mass, they're mentioning all these different deities. And, you know, mystical beings. And I'm not sure how much they actually believe all of that or not. I don't know. I'll give it slightly higher. I'll say three just because I, I think there's a lot of connected uh, occult belief that isn't justified. And uh, we, we just haven't seen it on display fully yet. Fair enough. Okay. What about the pocket drainer value where one is something not at all pocket draining, like buying an ice cream cone. Okay. Not even with ice cream in it. An ice cream cone. And then 10 is something very pocket draining. Like you go home for four minutes, Ross, and there's a four hour window in which you're not supposed to park on the street outside your house because of the street cleaning. And you are just positive that you can go in for four fucking minutes Uh and get the medicine you need and leave and you're not going to get a ticket because come on it's a 40 hour window four hour window you're here for a 60th of the window (laughs) it should be okay Uh and you come out and there's a 73 dollar ticket and you were so mad and it's last friday (laughs) uh i've experienced that and it's horrible and you're right it's a 10 uh, <laughs> your your tickets are seventy three dollars yeah. too. Oh yeah, is that how much yours are? Yeah. Oh, sure, so mad. For the for those of you who do not live in LA, be glad for Ugh. that. For that at least. On that scale, I will give this a two. Yeah, I'm going to say two because they ask for a ten dollar donation. They don't enforce it. You know, mm-hmm. do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. You know, you you can plunk down some money they've got a little gift shop and stuff Mm -hmm. you get stuff for it so uh yeah it's enough to register they do ask for money but no pressure not yeah i'm gonna say one i feel like also you're there for so long for those ten dollars you get free food they give you food there's almost no pressure to give uh yeah so carrie Mm -hmm. on a creepiness scale Mm -hmm. what would you rate the ordo templi orientis where one is something not very creepy at all. Like, you know, you see a flight of stairs and you walk down it and, you know, you're in a library and there's books. Uh, Ten is something incredibly creepy. Like you walk down a long, creepy staircase and to the right, you open up a door and there is a huge pit with flames and demons uh, yelling at you and beckoning, come down and you go to turn around, but the door's already closed and you've been knocked off the edge and you're falling down into the well, pit. Well, jeez. That it's that's a ten. That's a ten. Well, it's not that creepy. Yeah, sorry, I set the scale pretty high. No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I wouldn't say it's as creepy as you getting a postcard in the mail. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you look at it, uh-huh. and it's a drawing of your nude mother. If it's from you, I'm not looking at this postcard. <laughs> it's a drawing of your nude mother, perfectly to scale. Uh-huh. But on her pubic bone is tattooed the word Ross. Oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> Why must you say these things? Okay, so anyway, OTO isn't as creepy as that. Okay. But it's really right. creepy. It's definitely the <laughs> highest on the creepy scale that we've gone to. In. Yes. IMO, OTO, TTFN, BBFN, BBF, <laughs> BF, <laughs> TY. Anyway, the point is, it's... 
pretty creepy. Yes. I would say it's a 9.5. It's okay. right under getting that postcard from your mom. Yeah. Of your mom. Yeah, yeah. To um, your mom. This is mom. by far the creepiest thing that we've done. So, yeah, it deserves a high creepiness value just because it's it's everything that we'd been taught to fear right. when we were young Christians uh-huh. and, you know, to assume that it's happening somewhere out there. Some dark occultist doing these dark, horrible things and chanting deep right. chants. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 9.3. Very good. That there's anywhere you, where you have to do a special foot dance and talk <laughs> about how great Satan is, is just beyond my vision of reality. Right. Anything where you're chanting about Baphomet and Babylon is, yeah, absolutely What creepy. is Baphomet? Uh, Baphomet is that, uh, goat headed. Um, oh, right. God. So what would you say is the danger rating um, of the OTO where one is something not at all dangerous, like going to a Mexican restaurant and ordering a burrito. Mm -hmm. And 10 is something incredibly dangerous, like moving in next door to a fire station. And then every night you go out to stargaze by laying on your back in front of the fire engine truck's wheels. Okay. It's very dangerous. You shouldn't mm-hmm. do that. Don't do it. All right. I'm going to say at this point, I'll call it a 1.5. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't yet sense any danger. I sure hope there's no danger. <laughs> you sense any danger? Should I be worried? <laughs> You're like freaking out in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, like using the fake names threw me off. It's just not my thing. Like this morning, I, I greeted these new people and they're like, oh, what's your name? I was like, Ross, uh, Rob. <laughs> yeah, if the creepiness were tied to any real phenomenon in any way, then right. it would be totally dangerous. Right. But uh, as a testament to my lack of belief in any occult powers until proven otherwise, um, yeah, I'll say 1.5. How about you? Yeah, I don't think they're dangerous. I think that even if they decided they hated us, they wouldn't do anything about it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm well, one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Ross, what was your favorite moment of this investigation? Oh, boy. Well, the easy answer is Naked Priestess. Ah, uh, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. What's your favorite moment? Oh, that's it. Okay. That's it. Um, Hot Naked Priestess. <laughs> there's, there's a naked lady. Now you. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else am I supposed to I get mean, out of this? Well, <laughs> thinking that I was eating human sperm. That's pretty good. In front of a naked priestess. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. That's pretty good. I do love them going back into that little box. Oh, yeah. At the yeah, end that's of right. the mass. That's definitely my favorite part of the mass every time. <laughs> but my favorite moment. Oh, might be today. This one woman, actually, she was your first priestess. Yes. She was not the priestess today. And she was walking around in the library chatting. And she was just staring at you. Just standing next to you and staring. Oh, was she? I didn't know. Oh, my that. God. You were reading a book and like she wasn't trying to be coy or anything. She oh, was my just goodness. staring straight at you. And then I kind of caught her eye in the periphery. And then she said to me that I must study oh, yeah, shoot. something. Shoot. I recognize She said it that she too. saw something in my aura and that I must study Alistair Crowley a lot. And she, yeah, she'd read your aura very clearly. Yeah. And she felt that you had studied this thing. You're like, oh, I've never heard of it. Yeah. And then you asked, 
well and i said well maybe i did in like another life or something and she said no but maybe one of the spirits around you right and then you asked her what she thought right what was in your aura yeah how does an aura and she said oh his is harder to read so she was staring at me oh yeah staring staring huh like not at all trying to not be staring and did she like look upset at first i thought she had some suspicions about you or something like she thought that you weren't there for a good reason or something. Uh-oh. But Maybe I, I have a bad aura. I, I didn't get that impression later when we were talking to her. So. Okay. Yeah, she seemed nice enough. Yeah. Well, that's... All right. That's creepy. Yeah, it was pretty I'm good. I'm going to say 9.4 now. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little more creeped out. All right. Well, that's it for our show. Our executive producer is Ian Kramer, and our producer is Brian Thompson. And our theme music was written by Brian Keith Dalton of Mr. Deity fame. You can find us on the web at onopodcast.com or facebook.com slash onrack. And be sure to check out our pictures by liking us. But before we go... Do in the will shall be the whole of the law. I proclaim the law of light, life, love, and liberty in the name of... That was, and is, and is to come. Oh.